Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. As the gentleman told you, Doug is out today taking some much-deserved time off. Aaron Torres and Jason Martin in here on a college football playoff Friday. Jason Martin, how you doing, man? I am doing really well, Aaron. We are finally to the games that actually matter because there are stakes involved, even though I've had more fun watching these bowl games this week than I thought I was going to. First of all, you live in the heart of bowl craziness hysteria in Nashville yesterday where we had a, a, an absolutely insane ending. Uh, we are going to get to Alabama, Cincinnati momentarily. Of course, Michigan and Georgia is coming up later. First, though. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company, and that's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned uh, at the end of your first year. Discover. Exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations may apply. Jason Martin in Nashville. Aaron Torres here in the Los Angeles Fox Sports Radio studios. Uh, First of all, Jason, hope everybody's doing well down there in Nashville. Obviously, uh, uh, you, you and I do our Saturday show every Saturday, so we were on Christmas Day coming off of that Packers-Browns game. Did you have a good post-Christmas week? I know it's a busy time in Nashville with the Titans ramping up for the playoff. No, it's a busy time for uh, bowl games, as I mentioned. Craziness at the Music City Bowl. But as I said, we are now about a half an hour to kick off to Alabama and Cincinnati. Did you have a good week? Are you ready for the first game of the college football playoff? It definitely has been a busy week, but watched a lot of sports, talked about a lot of sports. Why not do four more hours? I'm excited for these two games. I'm very interested to see whether Cincinnati can play with Alabama and how long they can play with Alabama. Again, I think it's been fun watching some of these other bowl games. I have kind of evolved in my position. Of course, we got four hours to to chat about it today, so we will get to it all, but Generally speaking, I was kind of like, yeah, there are too many bowl games, and I still technically feel that way, but at the same time, it's still better just to throw on football, even if it's wallpaper, than virtually everything else. And based on the ratings that you're seeing, Mm -hmm. it's obvious most people agree. Well, it is something uh, my old radio partner on Saturdays, Arnie Spanier, we filled in a few times this week for Jason Smith and Mike Harmon uh, at eleven at 10 p.m. Eastern. Excuse me. We, we talk about this all the time. And, and le- two things can be true about the argument about bowl games is, yes, you can probably agree like most people do. Maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing to expand the playoff. Maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing for there to be more meaningful games where there are actual stakes, where guys like Kenny Pickett, Kenneth Walker, last night they opt out of the Peach Bowl, they would be playing if it's a playoff. So you can have the argument of, uh, you know, we need more teams in the playoff. We need more games that matter this time of year. But what you also can't deny is that it is great, as you said, on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, when there's nothing else going on, where so many people, we're not saying everybody is off of work because you and I are working right now, Mm -hmm. but when so many people are off of work, when there's not much going on, it is kind of fun to just throw on the Music City Bowl or the Birmingham Bowl or the this bowl or the that bowl. 
And it's been a fun week. Uh, it's I, I like the fact that a lot of these bowl games, frankly, are now stepping into the fact that they're not, uh, you know, for a championship. They're not for anything major. But we're going to have fun. We saw Shane Beamer get the Mayo bath yesterday. Mm-hmm. We saw Dabo get the Cheese It bath the day before. And I'm kind of digging that these these bowl games themselves are jumping into again the idea that you know what. There's not a national championship trophy to hand out at the end, but the kids are enjoying themselves, the fans are enjoying themselves, and we're going to have fun putting this game on. Yeah, you know, I think you lean into the gimmick, right? You think about Duke's Mayo, and I hate Mayo more than virtually (laughs) anybody on planet Earth, but at the same time, they knew how to market that thing. And the Cheez-It Bowl really knows how to market themselves. They They understand what they are. They're more Nickelodeon guts than they are national championship. Like, they are glorified exhibitions. You do have guys opting out. But you've still got a lot of guys that want to be seen. You have a lot of pride for a lot of these teams. But if you look at it from the sponsorship perspective, you shouldn't try to treat this thing too seriously. Like, take it take it seriously enough, but at the same time, it's all right to put Nate Burleson on Nickelodeon and do that slime time NFL sure. game. Like, it's all right to have fun. The last time I checked, this is a kid's game, right? Mm-hmm. It's for man's money. But it's still a kid's game. It's a game that you learn very, very early on in your life. So at, at some point, you just have to, any chance you get that you can smile, you should probably take it because there's enough reasons to do the opposite. Sometimes you have to effort the smiles. You have to effort the smiles and you know you have to be creative. And, and something you and I were talking about on our Saturday show the other day is this is a crowded, not only sports market, but a crowded entertainment market right now. And there are so many things to do. This isn't um, you know 1978 and no disrespect to anybody who remembers the days when there was only three TV channels, but that time is gone and you have to do something to stand out. I love I love the Mayo Bath. I love the Cheez-It Bowl. And I love all of these bowl games kind of bringing their own unique twist. I will add this. I also love a team like Rutgers today stepping up. And I know mm. the ga- we're not going to be telling our grandkids about the 2021 Gator Bowl, okay? But Rutgers on short notice, Texas A&M has to opt out because of COVID protocols. Rutgers steps in. It wasn't a pretty performance, but I give them so much credit. Uh, Washington State Central Michigan playing right now in the Sun Bowl, putting this game together on short notice. Uh, I give credit to all the guys that have showed up all the guys that are ready to play and selfishly as you said it's it's a kids game but it's also an entertainment product for us and I'm glad that that you know we've gotten so many games over the course of the last couple days yeah and that said now we're getting to the now we're getting to the hog mollies now business is about to pick up the glass is shattering and Steve Austin's about to make his entrance like we're we're about to get to what we're here to see two ball games four football teams one I believe is playing with house money and I thought about it all week long. I, I, I have completely pivoted on my opinion on one of the four teams in this playoff, and I can't wait to see how they equate themselves later on today. Well, let's talk about it. According to the uh, ticker at the top of my TV screen here, 32 minutes and 33 seconds until Cincinnati, Alabama kicks off is one of the two teams that is playing for with house money playing in that game, Jason. Uh, no. Oh, okay. I mean, well, I mean, look, if Cincinnati loses, they're just going to be the team that ex- that you expected to lose. Sure. I think the team that's playing with house money is Michigan. Okay. Because I don't think anybody thought they were going to be quite this good. Because no. most people, most they people, me included. They weren't ranked in the top 25 to start the season. Right. 
Right. Harbaugh was going to be fired, right? Like, yep. this was just a way to finally, it was going to be a conscious uncoupling, as Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin famously, <laughs> sure. famously divorced. It was going to be over. And so, all that happened was Michigan won the Big Ten, beat Ohio State for the first time. They're playing their best football in a long time. And Harbaugh somehow has become likable. Yes. So, in we- the back stretch of this season, I've completely pivoted. I loved Harbaugh at Stanford. He kind of wore out his welcome with me in San Francisco, and the Michigan thing started out very poorly, I felt, but this year they've done a lot of things that kind of make you look at them again and just say, you know what, maybe it's time to give it a second chance. Well, uh, we, we, could, we got four hours. We will talk plenty about Alabama-Cincinnati, but it's so fascinating you say that, uh, Jason, because I was filling in with Arnie Spanier last night during the Jason Smith show, and, and Arnie said, well, you know, I mean, everybody's rooting for Harbaugh, and I said, are they? And we kind of went back and forth, and yeah, I love Arnie. It wasn't like a, a, a good thing or a bad thing, but it really has struck me this year. And, and I, tell me this, is it because, I, I think what it really was, Jason, was when this guy came in, when this guy took the job at Michigan, it was a lot of bluster. He was, what, three years removed from uh, you know being a player two away from winning the Super Bowl. He came in, we're going to win national championships, we're going to beat the, the that other school, you know, that school in red, we're going to do everything that I'm coming here to do. And then it doesn't happen. And then there's all the weird stuff off the field, which was cool at first when you're doing a million summer camps and you're running around with your T-shirt off and you're, 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 you're sleeping over recruits' houses and you're building tree forts. That stuff's really cool until you lose to Ohio State two or three times in a row and you get embarrassed. And then it kind of became this thing where, uh, and you and I have talked about this on our Saturday show, where... I think it was justifiable to say that this guy is the most overrated coach, maybe in all of sports for a long time, because he would win a bunch of games, but none of the ones that mattered. This year, I think it's a combination of he finally gets over the hump. I believe that I think America saw how much it meant to him, how happy Mm -hmm. he was for his players and his school. And you and I talked about it on our Saturday show. When the game went final against Ohio State, it wasn't... I'm happy that we finally – he was happy for the school, for the community, for the university, for his players. And I think part of it, too, is the financial stuff, is, is he took a pay cut. He showed us. Everybody says – I would, you know, and he's, he's talked about it this week. Everybody says, I do this job for free. I love my school. I lo-. Well, this guy took, what, about a 50, 60, 70% pay cut this season. Uh, he made it all back in bonuses, which he then donated back to the university, to the people that either lost their jobs or had their, their salaries cut. And so this guy – literally is putting his money where his mouth is in terms of how much he loves the school, how much he loves Michigan, and then on top of that, he also, of course, is is in a scenario now where he's actually winning the games that matter. I'm with you. I, I didn't think that we would see the world where Jim Harbaugh became this um, you know, likable, sympathetic figure, but I think we're here, Jason. Yeah, the bluster point is right, because when he came in, he talked a lot, he complained about the SEC, he took these weird digs, and then they didn't win any of the games, like you just said, that mattered. This season, not only did they do that, but they showed class in the way that they handled some difficult situations. Of course, we had the death that happened there. They were able to, you know, dedicate that game to him. They did a lot of smart things all year long. And you know what? It's really easy to show humility when you've been forcibly humbled. And I think that's what has happened to Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh came in one guy. In 2021, I think he's a different guy. I think he's been humbled a bit to realize, yeah, you weren't just going to roll in and steamroll Ohio State or Alabama, and you had seen other programs not just match you, 
but actually beat you, like come past you in your own conference, not Ohio State. I, I think he got humbled, and I think it may have made him not just a better football coach, but a better human being. I, th- yep. I think right now the Jim Harbaugh you're seeing is a real guy, and I think this dude is much more affable than the guy that we knew five years ago. Yeah, I, I said this uh, you know, around the middle of the season when it was clear that the program was heading in the right direction, and I'll be honest, until the final whistle went, until it was all zeros against Ohio State, I thought they were going to find a way to lose that Ohio State game. But I really think... And I don't know Jim Harbaugh. I've never really interviewed him, uh, you know, one on one. I've never spent one on one time with him. So I, this is all speculation on my part. But I think last year was the first year that he really had to look in the mirror. And Bernie Fratto talks about this a lot. Bernie Fratto, who lived in Michigan, covered Michigan forever. Um, last year was the first year that he had to look himself in the mirror and say, the way that I'm doing things isn't good enough. It isn't right. And I need to listen to other people. I need to maybe bring in some people with outside ideas because, uh, you know, you go throughout his career. He's obviously a star in college. He's a 10, 12-year starter in the NFL. He gets to college and has immediate success. You mentioned Stanford. Goes to the NFL, has immediate success in the NFC Championship game in whatever it was, year one, Super Bowl, year two. Gets to Michigan, and no, he couldn't beat Ohio State, but they were right on the cusp one year. They're winning 9, 10, 11 games every year, but they can't quite get over that hump. And then last year, it's 2-4. and four. Last year, it's a loss to Rutgers. And that's kind of when you start to realize, okay, maybe I need to take a step back. Maybe I need to look in the mirror. Maybe what I'm doing is the problem. It has all led to what we have today where they'll play Georgia about 7.30 Eastern tonight with a chance to compete for a national championship. Yeah. Uh, and before we get there, we get the dynasty, basically against the first kind of outsider that's gotten a real crack in the college football playoff, which is a storyline that we're going to... Look, I think there's two questions, and we can carry it over and we can talk about it, but generally speaking, how long can Cincinnati play with Alabama? That That's the question, because I know they can. They have two of the five best corners in the country. One of them's probably a top 15, top 20 draft pick. And the question is, when you get to the third and fourth quarter... How much energy have they had to expound following Bryce Young around, trying to deal with Jamison Williams? How tired are they? Because we saw a lot of AFC teams, Aaron, that could match up with the Chiefs for a half, but after you chase Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey and you deal with all of those weapons, third and fourth quarter, you're gassed. And they don't have the depth that an Alabama does where they can just bring fresh bodies off the bench if they have to. They could start for 95% of the teams in America. And if you've got a gas Cincinnati team against Alabama in the second half, that's where I think if there's going to be separation and Cincinnati can prove they play with them, I think there's two different challenges. It's can you start well, but can you actually hold it for 60 minutes? Well, we will talk about that Alabama-Cincinnati game, which is now about 20 minutes from kickoff from now. Also, Trey Wallace from OutKick.com will join us to preview that game. Real credit card questions require real people, someone who understands your issues and works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Coming up, we look at... That Alabama-Cincinnati game, can Cincinnati keep things competitive? Also, Trey Wallace, OutKick.com will join us. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin, in for Doug Gottlieb, Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. 
Welcome back, everybody. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin in for Doug. We are just minutes away from the first game of the college football playoff, Alabama taking on Cincinnati. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company, and that's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations may apply. Jason, we will be bringing in uh, Trey Wallace from OutKick here momentarily. But really quickly, you, you've alluded to it a few times, and I, I think it's the probably the right approach to have about this game is Alabama's close to a two-touchdown favorite in this game. Um, do you think Cincinnati can keep it close? And what is the blueprint for Cincinnati to keep things close if they want to, in fact, uh, forget winning this game, just keep it close and hopefully have a chance to compete into the fourth quarter? Well, the first piece of the blueprint is not to Lane Kiffin this thing. She, I, thank if you. If you get thank behind you. Yep. early, if you get behind early and start making panic decisions because you think you have to, then we can stop watching this thing at halftime. Like they're they're not coming back if they fall behind. They must start quickly. Also, they're going to have to be as turnover free as you can be. Ritter's going to have to play the game of his life, and he's capable. He's a very very solid quarterback. But I don't know that he's seen some of the speed in the linebacking core and some of the talent like a Will Anderson's going to bring today. He's going to have to be incredibly careful. And the other thing is, they can't look around at this stadium and get caught up in the moment. They have to realize they're playing a football game for 60 minutes and they know how to do that because they're the only undefeated team in the country. They need to walk in, not let it be too big for them, and early on, Try to punch Alabama in the mouth mm-hmm. and see whether or not they fold a little bit because there have been two Alabamas this year, yep. Aaron. We've talked about it many times throughout the course of the season right here on Fox Sports Radio. There's the one that the offensive line couldn't hold up against Texas A&M or Auburn that didn't look good against LSU. And then there's the team that we saw against Georgia that if that team shows up, mm-hmm. nobody's got a chance to beat that team. Well, and that's kind of my big takeaway as well is that exactly what you just said. If the Alabama that we saw against Georgia shows up, we no, we're all, everyone's playing for second place. Let's just get pack it in and start worrying about the 2022-2023 season. Um, but I also think, as you said, there's a 12-week sample size that that isn't who Alabama is. And so this is Fox Sports Radio. Doug Gottlieb out. Aaron Torres and Jason Martin in. It can happen easily. A few drinks become a few too many. It's time to go and you think of calling for a ride home. Nah, what's the worst that can happen? You get pulled over. You lose your license, you total your car, you kill someone. Drive sober or get pulled over, paid for by NHTSA. This is Fox Sports Radio. Doug Gottlieb off for the afternoon. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin filling in for Doug here until 7 p.m. Eastern. And right now we want to go to the phones. We want to bring in Trey Wallace. He is an SEC writer for Outkick.com. Knows this league as well as anyone. Trey Wallace, what's going on, man? How are you? You know, I, I tell you, AT, I didn't know if I would end the 2021 year talking to two of my really good friends and you and Jason Martin. So I'm happy to be on with you guys today. Well, you're not only a great friend, but you are a great reporter as well. And Jason and I were just talking about, uh, you know, Alabama, you know, this program as well as anybody Uh I haven't. I have yet to hear anybody make a compelling case for Cincinnati winning this game. What do you believe that is there something Cincinnati can do to keep this game close? Because as Jason and I were just talking about, it's not as though this Alabama team has been dominant for all 13 weeks of the regular season. No, and look, I agree. I think when you look at what Cincinnati's going to have to do, is they're going to have to try to mirror what Georgia did. 
but they're going to have to actually finish the play. And when I say that, I'm talking about getting pressure on Bryce Young when they get him outside the pocket, but actually bring him down and not let him scramble outside and, and either make a play 10, 15 yards down the field or, or he's hooking up with Jamison Williams for 30 to 40 yards. You know, if they can pressure this offensive line and, and get him on his rear end a few times, then maybe, you know, you, you set things up where, you know, you're, you're not having to be tested so much deep in the secondary. I just, you know, I, I look at Cincinnati's defense and the way that they played this year. They're not going to – this would be the first time they play, I think, a, a running game in an offensive line like this all season. No disrespect to, to Notre Dame. But when you look at this thing overall, I think if you bring a bunch of blitzes at Bryce Young and get him uncomfortable and make him maybe throw an interception or two, that's where you have to capitalize on it. Because other than that, man, Alabama should be able to line up this thing, run the football on Cincinnati, and, and be able to pick up those five to six yards per game. So it's going to be tough, A.T. Trey, uh, it is really nice to hear your voice again. It's been a while. Um for, for reasons unfortunate, I'll say that. But at the same time, it's, it's just awesome to finish the year talking to you, brother. It really is. I, and when it comes to this game, I, I feel like – I don't think there's any doubt Cincinnati has some dudes. they got two outstanding cornerbacks. They've got an outstanding quarterback. They're well-coached. They're a disciplined team. I don't think there's any question that they're capable of playing with Alabama. The question that I continue to go to is this. Can they play with Alabama through four quarters? I feel like they have some dudes, but do they have enough dudes and enough depth in the second half to realize a possible upset, or are they going to hang on, use so much energy in the first half that in the second half it's just going to be roll, tide, roll? I mean, I, I yeah, I mean, and I see where you're coming from at that point. Look, if, if Cincinnati, and we're about to find out here in about 10 minutes, if they're going to play with Alabama – they're going to have to do what Auburn did in the Iron Bowl, which is call some mistakes from Alabama on third down, you know, get them to punt the football, keep the ball away from Bryce Young in this offense, have sustained drives. Desmond Ritter, got to be able to pick up that third and four, third and five. You know, make Alabama work for this thing. Don't, don't hand it to them. Don't hand 50, 60-yard bombs, you know, down the sideline to, to Jamison Williams. I mean, you know, that, that should be the obvious cue here. But – you're going to have to take some risk, Cincinnati. You're going to have to bring seven guys after the quarterback. You're going to have to load the box. You're going to have to blitz. You know, sometimes you're just going to have to play all out against Alabama and see if it pays off and if Bryce Young could make a mistake. I, I, I agree with you in a sense. I don't, you know, we'll see if they can go toe-to-toe for four quarters with Alabama, especially when it comes to how good the offensive line is for, for the Tide. But I, I do think they can. If they look. All this Cincinnati team needs is to keep this within a one-score game, 10 points, something like that at halftime, give them that momentum, and they'll have enough juice for the second half. Now, look, will they be worn down by the tide? Probably, absolutely. But you keep this team in this game long enough, man, you're going to continue giving them life. It's the same way it played out down in Auburn about a month ago because mm-hmm. you gave Auburn life and you had a chance, and then all of a sudden, what happens? Auburn got tired at the end of that game. Alabama went on a 99-yard drive, and they won the football game. It's as simple as that. So we'll see what Cincinnati does. 
Trey Wallace, SEC writer for Outkick.com, joining us. You can follow him on Twitter, at Trey Wallace underscore. Trey, really quick before we get to the second game, what do you think happened in that SEC championship game between Alabama and Georgia? Was, was, was Georgia coming in knowing that they didn't have to win? Was Alabama, was it just uh, the reverse rat poison where for the first time in a long time Nick Saban could say nobody believes in you? Why do you believe that that game ended up play, playing out the way that it did, or was it just simply that Alabama just matches up really, really well with Georgia? No, I think it's because Georgia screwed up and got away from their run game. And Kirby Smart talked about a post game. They said, hey, look, you know, we, we were practicing last week. We knew that we weren't going to be able to run the football. The problem was Georgia only tried to run the football with their top two backs, Amir White and Cook, 18 times. I'm sorry, that's not going to get you anywhere, especially against Alabama where you have to keep the ball away from them. Once they abandoned the run against Alabama, it was a wrap because Alabama's going to be able to pass the ball all over you with Bryce Young and those receivers before, even before John Menchie went down with his knee injury. So I, I, I don't look at that game as – I think Georgia screwed up in a sense of getting, you know, getting away from what made them 12-0 and heading into that game. And I promise you tonight they won't make that same mistake against Michigan. I don't care how good that defense is from the Wolverines. Well, Trey, I think they're both both those teams are going to want to run the football against each other, and they're both solid defenses as well. I, I, right. When you look at Georgia, if it comes down to a situation in either the semi or let's say they advance past Michigan and get to the, the final to play either Alabama or Cincinnati, if it comes down to the run game is somehow bottled up and you have to rely on Stetson Bennett the fourth to win you a championship let's say the defense is just average they're not what they have been but they're also not as bad as they were against Alabama do you think Bennett is good enough to win the title for Georgia if it's placed on his shoulders and you're talking about just passing the football around and that and that that's going to be interesting to me look the Georgia's offensive coordinator Todd Monken talked all week that he's seen Stetson Bennett make national championship type plays all season long and I'm like, okay, that's fine. But we're getting into a situation where we saw what happened against Alabama, where if Stetson Bennett's got to sling the football around, it's not going to go really as planned because Stetson Bennett is good in the play action. He's good kind of scrambling outside the pocket every now and then too. But mainly he's good in the play action. So tonight it's going to be real, real interesting how much confidence they have in Stetson. Let's just say they get down 14 to nothing or they know that they have to start throwing the football around and the, and the running game is not working after they've tried maybe 25, 30 times. Do you go to the bench? You're going to go to JT Daniels, who you know can throw that football around, who, has, who, who, who can get the ball down the field and space out the Michigan secondary. I think that's the key thing here. How much do they trust Stetson Bennett if they get down a good amount? Because I think what happened in the SEC championship game, guys, why you didn't see JT Daniels? is because the whole team was not playing really well. You know, so Stetson, let's keep him in. He's facing adversity right now. Let's see how he responds to it. I think tonight, guys, this is it. They lose tonight. The season's over. Everybody's going to look back on it. They're going to be like, you know what? That 12-0 was a waste. It doesn't mean anything. Kirby Smart and Todd Munkin, the offensive coordinator, better be ready to put JT Daniels in that football game tonight. And, guys, we've seen it before. Tua hurts, yep. hurts, Tua you got to roll with it if you need it. That was actually going to be my next question, Trey. Um, you know, yeah. I, I'm, listen, I'm a guy that picked Georgia to win the national championship in the preseason, so I'm 
in theory, sort of rooting for them. But what happens if they do lose this game today? Because you have this 12-0 season, regular season, where we're talking about, oh, it's history. It's one of the best defenses we've ever seen. Get exploited by Alabama if they do lose to Michigan today. I'm not saying Kirby Smart's going to lose his job. I'm not saying, but what is the tone? What is the vibe in Athens all offseason going into next year? Uh, and frankly, let's be honest. If they do not win tonight, and let's say they get embarrassed like they did against Alabama, is this a two two game stretch that Kirby Smart maybe can never recover from? Agitated would be a nice word that I could use that radio, <laughs> but it would be like it in Athens, Georgia. And here's the reason why: we all saw what they did this year. We saw what they did to Clemson, saw what they did to Arkansas, Kentucky, Auburn, Tennessee. You know, and, and then you go to the SEC championship game, and you completely flip the script on how you're winning those games during the regular season. You, you stop running the football. Um, you go to this game tonight and you lose, let's, 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 say, let's say they lose because they screw up or, or they don't throw in JT Daniels when they should or the defense does not get enough pressure, whatever the case may be. You lose this game tonight. You know, I, I said this last year that Kirby Smart has wasted a lot of talent in Georgia by not already having a national championship underneath his belt. I think when you look at this team and the way this defense is and the running backs that you have, if you don't win a national championship or you're at least playing for one this year, it is a waste. The people are going to be agitated. They're going to look at this and be like, wait a minute. How do we go 12-0 and in the SEC, the biggest and baddest conference there is, and then we lose the last two games of the year and for some reason we don't show up? I, I think you're going to have, you know, and people are going to start wondering, Kirby, can you win the big game? Like, what's going on here? You know, you don't – that's what killed Mark Rick at Georgia, guys. You both mm-hmm. know this. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, not winning the big game, he might have gotten you there, but you're always going to have that little mantra that stands next to you. And if, if Kirby Smart does not make it to the national championship game, that mantra should start creeping up on Kirby Smart because he's wasting a lot of talent to not have a national title with his belt by now. Well, when you remember the comment Clemsoning, that was a thing right up until Dabo started winning championships. Uh, now Georgiaing <laughs> is still a thing, Trey. Like that's the I think that's the goal for Kirby Smart is to make Georgiaing a thing of the past, and until further notice, it's still a thing of the present. That that I think becomes well, the biggest issue. Well, they got they have, look, man. They have so much talent. I mean, they really mm-hmm. do. At linebacker, along the defensive line, their offensive line is really good. You know, I understand they don't have wide receiver George Pickens out there, but he could be back tonight playing a couple snaps, you know, and, and maybe being a deep threat. As crazy as that sound, coming off an ACL there. But my biggest thing is always, and it's been like this for the last two to three years, Georgia, to me, has just wasted too many opportunities not to be playing for a national title. Like, when they won that Rose Bowl out there, and they had an opportunity in that football team, and those running backs that they had, DeAndre Swift, Come yeah. on, man. You can't tell me that's not a team that shouldn't have won a title that year. So I, I just think the way it lines up now, Georgia better beat Michigan tonight. Or they're gonna, <laughs> it's not going to be pleasant for, for Kirby in the offseason. I don't care how good his recruiting staff is or recruits that are coming in or what he's done during the regular season. Nobody is going to remember 12-0 and if they lose their last two. Trey, we got about a minute left. Uh, well, go ahead. Well, everyone's making their predictions. Everyone's sharing their predictions. What do you got for these two games as Alabama and Cincinnati is now seconds from kicking off? I got Alabama winning 31-17 to in this game. And then I've got Michigan beating Georgia tonight 34-20. to 
Wow. So you do not have the all-SEC final. You have Michigan and Alabama playing for the championship in Indianapolis. I do. Harbaugh versus Saban. Let's see how it plays out. <laughs> All right. I, I don't know, man. I, I just I, I don't know if I trust Stetson Bennett in the quarterback situation if he's got to throw that football around 20 to 30 times. He is Trey Wallace. Uh, he covers the SEC for Outkick.com. Make sure to follow him on Twitter, at Trey Wallace underscore. You could hear the passion for college football, for SEC football in his voice. Trey, Jason, and I both appreciate you joining us. Happy New Year. Enjoy the games tonight, my man. Guys, y'all are fantastic. Keep up the great work, and happy new year to you both. Thanks, Trey. Thank you, Trey. That was Trey Wallace, outkick.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Trey Wallace underscore. Do you think it's okay to drive stone? The truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Stop kidding yourself. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. Jason Martin, Aaron Torres in for Doug Gottlieb. Coming up, it's game time. We'll be back. This is Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. This is where real conversations happen. Listen to the Right or Wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It has begun. Welcome back, everybody. Fox Sports Radio, Aaron Torres, Jason Martin in for Doug Gottlieb. And Alabama wastes no time driving right down the field. 11 plays for a touchdown. Nine, 10 straight runs capped by an 8-yard pass from Bryce Young to Slade Bolden, Alabama. Uh, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. We're in the overreaction business, Jason. Alabama made that first drive look pretty easy. Yeah, and they ran it down Cincy's yep. throat. And the reason you do that is to show them, hey, you can't match us up front. And at the same time, you know what it's going to open up? Downfield throws. Mm-hmm. Watch watch the next drive. Now, they might do this again because there seemed to be no indicator that Cincy could stop Brian Robinson on the ground at all. I mean, they they just ran it on every play right up until the touchdown, basically. But... You look at you look at this. That is the worst start possible for Cincy. I don't want to say this too much, but uh, they better answer right here. If they give the ball back to Alabama and Alabama goes right back into the end zone, I think this game's over already. I'm afraid you might be right. It can happen easily. A few drinks become a few too many. It's time to go, and you think of calling for a ride home. Nah, what's the worst that can happen? You get pulled over, you lose your license, you total your car, you kill someone. Drive sober or get pulled over, paid for by NHTSA. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin in for Doug Gottlieb today. Uh, And at this time, every day, whether Doug's here or whether we're filling in, it's game time. This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. All right, Isaac. Bring us in. What is the game we have today? We're not talking Bama-Cincinnati. What game do we have today, Isaac? All right, fellas, let's find out. Psychic? 
All right. Well, it's funny you should mention that because my first question was actually going to be, what was Alabama going to do on its opening drive today? So I think they're going to score a touchdown. 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 All right. So now I'm going to make it a little bit harder on you guys. Boy, I'll say. All right, psychics. What is the next year that a Pac-12 team is going to make the college football playoff, and who will it be? Remember, open end. You mm. can say two twenty seventy five if you want. I'll go first. I, you know, we don't know when this playoff is going to expand. By the way, we're getting some Tony the Tiger uh, uh, bath here in the Tony the yeah. Tiger Sun Bowl. So they're great. No, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Listen, these bowl games are playing it up. So I'll say this: uh, Isaac is assuming that the playoff doesn't get expanded. I'm going to be super boring. I will go 2025, okay. which would be year three. No, 2024, excuse me. I don't, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, which would be year three of the Lincoln-Riley era at USC. I think Oregon's going to take a step back. I don't think anybody else steps up, and I think it takes Lincoln-Riley a little longer than people anticipate. I will say USC in the 2024 college football playoff three seasons from now. Interesting. Jason. Yeah, Aaron, you know, I was going to say the same thing, but not because of the expanded playoff. But now that you've said it, what am I supposed to say? 25, I guess. Here's the thing. I think it's going to take some time for Lincoln Riley. Oregon has the talent to play with just about anybody in the country. The question is, what kind of coach is Dan Lanning? And we're going to find out real fast because they play Georgia right off the bat next year. <laughs> we're going to find out real quick whether or not Oregon is what they've, what they've been, which is good but fade late. Basically, they're the Arizona Cardinals of college football where they start well and then fade late. So I'll say 25 for the Pac-12. All right, next question. And again, this is open-ended. And, you know, don't don't feel free to be uh, creative and think outside the box here, guys. What will Urban Meyer be doing at this time next year on New Year's Eve in 2022? I'll be quick here. Uh, I think it'll be uh, – Torres, Martin, and Meyer filling in for uh, Doug Gottlieb <laughs> because I, I think the coaching career is done. I, I, I don't think it's inconceivable that he gets another college job, but I don't think there's very many places that are going to hire him after all the stuff that has gone on. Um, and I don't think I, the NFL thing is clearly over. If I had to bet money, I, I don't think he's coaching at any major spot anytime in the near future. So, Torres, Martin, and Meyer has a nice little I, ring to I, it. I think that's a great idea, but knowing Urban Meyer, he would probably insist on it being Meyer, Torres, <laughs> yeah. and Martin. It's true. It's true. Yeah, that's a fair point. I would suggest he's going to order Papa John's and be in his underwear watching the college football playoff <laughs> because I think he's so toxic right now you can't even put him on television or on the radio. Well, I think I think he's I think you got to get the stink off of this. This is like you got to run three of those tablets through the washing machine because it smells a little bit musky in there. You can't just roll him back out after he kicked a player and talked about everybody being fragile being the reason he lost his job. Let's move on to the NFL now. Who will the starting quarterback on opening day of 2022 be for the Denver Broncos? Jason, you're the the Broncos guy. I'll let you go first, my man. What year was that again? Give me that one more time. Next season, 2022. Oh, gosh. Aaron Rodgers. I'll go ahead and take the shot. I think Aaron Rodgers is leaving Green Bay. I think he really loves Shailene Woodley, and she loves hanging out in the mountains. Oh. One of her residences is in Colorado. Ah. I just sense he knows the weaponry they've got. It's not just Devontae Adams out there. It's a whole lot of receiving talent, a solid defense, and it'll be a new head coach who he might even be able to pick. I, I will be quick here, and I'll say I'll go superstar quarterback of another ilk, Russell Wilson. I don't really believe that, 
But I don't think Aaron Rodgers is leaving Green Bay. So, Isaac, I'll be boring and say uh, I'll just throw Russell Wilson against the wall and see if it sticks. I think we got to go. I think that was game time. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. You know, Jason, we got plenty of time today to talk. Russell Wilson had some very interesting things to say and not say about his future in uh, in Seattle. That was yesterday. Should mention, by the way, Cincinnati does have the ball. I believe they just picked up a first down, seven nothing Alabama uh, here in the first quarter. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Aaron Torres, Jason Martin in for Doug. Doug will be back next week. We are taking you right up until seven p.m. Eastern time. Alabama Cincinnati underway. Alabama leads seven nothing. We got to start talking Michigan Georgia. Aaron, Jason Martin, in for Doug Fox, I'm sure you.